I'm not going to take away from the baptism uh, to talk about Harris Day, so we're going to put that off to the business meeting. First John chapter 4, if you've got your Bibles. First John chapter 4. I told Keith a while ago, he started reading the, the courtly, and um, I know where he's going. And it is amazing when God works like that because I don't read the courtly. I only read it on Sunday mornings whenever we come in here. And every now and then, every now and then, Keith will teach on what I'm preaching on. Well, he did that this morning. He got to looking at the, the church family and how, how we are to be and how we're to act and how we, uh, how we function as a, as a church family. And that's kind of where I, I was just, laid, Lord, laid on my heart to, to go that direction. Well, and it's, it's something, and Keith has mentioned this as well in the past, sometimes we need refreshing. Sometimes we need to be reminded of what, who we are, what we do, what we represent, who we represent. We need that reminder. And I think sometimes we forget what the church is. We see it as a building, and that's about it. This is more than a building. It's the people inside that make this, that make this up. And so it's, we've got a few more. So it's a, it's a great thing. So we're going to look at the family this morning. Now, we was created to be part of God's family. We was created to be a part of his family. That's what he wants from us, is to be a part of that family. And um, if we won't be, I won't, I won't stop on that right now and just, just clear that up for anybody that might, might think the scripture I'm getting ready to read, this is where there's a lot of confusion comes into the church. We are created, we were created to be a part of God's family. Yes, if we want to be, if we want to be. He made us in his image. He made us to worship him if we want to. We don't have to, but that's what he would like, is for us to, to, to worship and, and be a part of that family. Ephesians 1, 5 says, Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Have you ever realized that God wants to include you in his family? Has it ever just dawned on you that God wants you to be a part of his family? That's what he wants. And then when, you, when it happens, man, I tell you what, the things that come with it, and, the, and we're going to look at a lot of that here this morning, but the things that come with, with being a part of that family, he wants us to, to join him, and he wants to enjoy us. He loves fellowship. That's how I, th that's, I think God's Baptist, honestly, because he likes the fellowship. Don't we like fellowship. Some of the other denominations out there, they're just old sticking the muds. They don't like to have fellowship. I'm not talking about just eating. I'm talking about just getting together and having fellowship. One of the things I think we missed last year the most, and yes, we missed some gravy and some breakfast here and there. We did. But... The one thing I missed the most, we'd close in prayer and stand in the parking lot and talk. I missed that. It's back now. I love it. But I missed that time of fellowship outside the church, outside these four walls where we just stand and talk and have a time to get close to one another. Being a part of God's family has always been and will always be part of his unchanging plan. That's what he wants. He wants us to be a part. God's plan for us is to, to enter into that family. 
if we so choose to enter into that family. No, it's not because we suddenly done something. It ain't because you jumped across the railroad track and same some man's dog, and God said, oh, look at that little fella right there. He needs to come on into my house. That's not what happens. That's not how that works. God doesn't bring us into his family because of good works that we have done. It's not because you've been a faithful member of a church for your whole life. It's because at some point during your time at church, you got to hear the gospel, and you said, Jesus, I want, you into my, I want you to come into my heart and be a part of my life. And then God said, I will. And you become part of that family. That's how that works. Not by works, lest any man should boast. That's what the Bible says. But it's through Jesus Christ. God always has wanted us to be a part of his family. From Adam, and even before Adam, God said, I'm going to have a big old family. I want a big old family if you want to be a part of my family. God loves you with unconditional love. He always has. He always will. And he's wanted us to join that amazing family. God adopts us because until we become believers in Jesus, we're not a part of that family. That hurts your feelings, don't it? That'll break your heart. We talk about how God loves us unconditionally and all he wants is for us to be a part of his family. That is what God wants. But until you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're not part of that family. You're lost. You're wandering around outside the house. You don't know where you're going. You don't know what to do. You're not part of the family. But until you accept Jesus Christ into your heart, then he adopts you into that family. I love that word adopt. We are adopted into the family. We're brought in through Jesus Christ. In order to join the family, we have to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. We've talked a lot about that this week. These, these, these kids got to a, a better picture, I hope, of who Jesus is and why he came. How many times has a gift given a gift? That's what happened with Jesus. We got a gift from God. And that gift from God gave us a gift. If we would accept it. That's the thing. That's something that... I think the kids got to hear a lot this week. You can receive or reject a gift. You can. You can have the biggest birthday party in the world, and you can receive or reject them gifts that are given to you. Jesus came as a gift, and he brought us a gift, a gift of salvation. And we can receive it or reject it, whatever we want to do with it. But we receive it, then we're adopted into the family. We've got to believe that. We've got to believe Jesus is the Messiah. He's the creator. He's the redeemer. That he died and he rose again. We've got to re- believe that. In our hearts, we have to believe that. And then the one big thing is that we've got to believe that he will forgive us. You've got to know that he will forgive you. What good is salvation if he won't forgive you? But he will forgive you. Because we're going to mess up. A heavenly home is something else he's given us. And it's got your name on it. Plastered right across it. Welcome home. Welcome. I see, I guess that's a new trend right now. Everybody's putting those signs up on the, on their, or at the corner of their house or at the front door. And it says, welcome. Abby, you made one for Christmas, didn't you? It says, welcome on it. People put it up right beside their front door. It says, welcome. We're going to get one of those. We'll get to heaven. We got us a, a mansion or a one-room shack, whatever it is that we're going to get. But right outside that door, it's going to say, Welcome home. Welcome home. Because that's where we're going to be for 
the rest of forever is in that house, in the presence of God. Remember, it, it's God who brings us into a relationship with himself, but it's through Jesus Christ. And that's an important part to remember. John six forty four says, No man come unto me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So we've got to go through Jesus to get to the Father. We were created to be a part of that, that family and to be heirs with Jesus through salvation. Heirs in heaven with Jesus. And you were made to last forever in God's family. Not only are we in God's family, but when we say yes to Jesus, we gain a lot of brothers and we gain a lot of sisters. And that's kind of where we're going to focus for the rest of this, this morning. It's what we gain. We talked about, all week we talked about gaining heaven, gaining the mansion. Uh, poor old Michael, I don't know how many times we talked about the streets of gold and the, the pearly gates and jasper walls and uh, pearls and diamonds and some other things that he came up with, which was great. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. But one thing we did not talk about this week is what you gain here on earth. Through salvation, you gain something on earth as well. And it's a big old family. You gain brothers. You gain sisters. I'm not talking about by blood. Kind of. Blood of Jesus. But not through parents. Not through moms and dads, that kind of brother and sister. It's a brother and sister in Christ that we gain. And we need them. And that's just another perk of salvation is the fact that we've got people to go to now. When we thought, I have nowhere to go, Lord, I have nowhere to turn, nobody to talk to. And he says, yeah, you do. you got a whole bunch of people you can talk to now through salvation. We become brothers and sisters in Christ. First Peter 2.17 says, Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. In other words, honor everybody, but for, but for those of us that are, are saved and have become brothers and sisters, we're to have a, a type of love for them that we have never experienced in our life. We know what kind of love God gives us. It's that agape love, that, that unconditional love. We're to have a love as close to that as possible for our brothers and sisters. I believe that was the philos love that we talked about this week in Greek. Honor everybody. Love your brothers and sisters. God wants us to practice loving each other. That's, that's This right now, we are in... We're in a trial basis right now. We're, 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 uh, we're practicing right now for the big production. That's what he wants us to do right now. While, while we're tarrying here on earth and we're trying to make disciples and we're going out and, and we're preaching and we're singing and we're doing all these things that God has asked us to do, we are to be loving one another. Because once we're done here on earth and we get to heaven, there is no Presbyterian and there is no Methodist and there is no Lutheran. And there is no Baptist. There's brothers and sisters. There are Christians in heaven. And we're going to be with them forever, forever, eternity. And so why not start now? Why not start right now here on earth loving everybody? Because once you get to heaven, you're going to be doing it anyway. Practice it. Get used to it. Get to liking it. It's all right. It's okay to love people. It don't hurt nobody's feelings, I promise you that. 
God wants us to learn how to get along and practice loving as much as possible. When we get together as a church, we use a word. I love this word. Every time I hear this word, I think of Judy's gravy. And it's fellowship. I like fellowship. With or without the gravy, I like fellowship. <laughs> but I love it with gravy, Judy. So you know. Fellowship. But what is fellowship? I think we forgot what fellowship is. We've forgotten what a church family is, and we've forgotten what fellowship is. Oh, we're going to have a fellowship meal, or we're going to have time fellowship afterwards. We say it, but do we know what we're saying? Do we know what it is? Sometimes we don't even know what it means. Even if we try to study it out a little bit, we can't figure out exactly what fellowship is. We can talk about the Cowboys, or we can talk about the Braves. We talk about the Cleveland Guardians. What in the world happened with that? There goes the Cleveland Indians. We'll talk about that later. Cleveland Guardians. We can talk about that stuff. We can debate. There's not a lot of debate when it comes to who's going to win the Cowboys game, but we can, we can talk about that stuff. We can debate. We can have a good conversation, and we can call it fellowship, but that's not what it is. That's not fellowshipping right there. We might talk about other stuff, that what we think is important, it's, it's not. It's pretty shallow discussion when it comes to terms of fellowship. Now, y'all know how I like Greek words because that's where so much of the Bible come from, and we translated it differently. True fellowship is defined by the Greek word of koinonia. I love that word koinonia. I'll get it out in a minute. I love it so much I can't say it. Listen to what it means. To share something in common to have a partnership, to have a close relationship, to be of the same mind. Here's another definition. This is my favorite one. Christian fellowship with God, or more commonly, with fellow Christians. Kawanya, fellowship with other Christians. Fellowship with brothers and sisters. Having a time where we can sit and we can talk and we can help each other. A time of fellowship is when somebody is hurting and they need to talk to somebody, and we sit down with them, and we talk, and we let them air it out, whatever it is, let them talk. And we pray with them, and pray for them. We're practicing fellowship when, we re- when we're really concerned about them. Not lip service. I'm not talking about that. What, what have I told y'all, and I ain't got one on me, because I washed this suit, but I have to have, I got to have a piece of paper and write things down. What's one, what's one thing people do? They'll come to you and they'll say, pray for me. Or so-and-so needs prayer. Don't forget to pray for him. And I'm a firm believer in calling them out in prayer. I mean, I, I truly do. I mean, God knows their heart. But when it comes to praying, I believe it's good to call out the situation, call out their name. I'm all right with that. But here's the problem. problem that I have, some of y'all might have this. I can't remember anything. And I hate to tell somebody, I'll pray for you. And then walk away. And not pray for them. Forget to pray for them. Or wake up at 1 o'clock in the morning and say, man, I forgot to pray for them. I'll get it in the morning. And I still don't get it in the morning. I've got a photographic memory and my recall's broke. I can remember everything. I just can't recall it. That's what we're supposed to do is pray for them. Get, to, get in good with them and, and be concerned about their, their situation. Be concerned about their life and their, and their problems. Don't just give them a lip service and ignore them, 
We need to genuinely care. That's, that's the thing. That's what we need to remember, I guess, as Christians, is we need to genuinely care. As a Christian, folks are going to confide in you in a lot of things. If you are active in your faith and people know not that you go to church, that's a whole other thing there, but people know that you have a relationship with God and that you're a prayer, they're going to confide in you with a lot of things. Be sincere. I've told people in the past it is an honor for someone to call and say, will you pray for so-and-so? Will you pray for this situation? Will you pray for that person? It is an honor to get that call. Not just me, all y'all. If somebody calls you and says, pray for such and such, that should, you should feel that as an honor because they trust your prayer life. Be sensitive. Be genuine. Genuinely care for that person, that brother, that sister. Care about them and, and do it because we're of the same mind and same heart. When I say heart, I mean a heart which is redeemed by Jesus. That's what a brother and a sister is. We all have the same heart, redeemed by God. And now Jesus is always that starting point. Th- think about when we have these fellowship meals here. I, I do. I gotta go back to this. I hope y'all are taking a hint. Food helps the conversation. I've ate all week. I heard you read it. I have ate all week. <laughs> Had to dig out a trash can to eat. If y'all need to know about that, talk to Judy. Better yet, talk to VJ. If you want to hear the juicy details of my spaghetti meal, talk to VJ. Food helps conversation. Don't it? We sit down. We're not pacing. We're not wandering around. We have sat down. Not many people walk around with a plate of food in their hand. And eat. Not many. Some will. Kristen, you, you have to right now, don't you? you got to chase them youngins down. So you got, yep, fork in one hand, plate in the other, running around chasing youngins. But when we have a meal, we sit down at that table. We have sat down. We're eating, and we're going to have a conversation. But while we're there, we got to get to know each other. Small church. Don't take long to get to know each other here. We get to know, we get to talk, and... Take, taking an active interest in that person's life, not being nosy, not trying to get some juicy gossip out of them, but taking an interest in their life and what's going on and what you can help them with. You see somebody sitting back there somewhere by themselves, you're just going to sit there and let them eat by themselves? No. You're going to take an active interest in that person, you're going to get up and you're going to move tables and you're going to sit beside that person and you're going to have a conversation with them. You're going to have time of fellowship with them. It's vital. It's vital to the church, and it's what makes us a family. Fellowship occurs when we help one another. When we help each other, we have that time of fellowship, a time of conversation. It happens not as often as it used to, but when it does happen, you tend to dig a little bit deeper in a person's life, spiritual life, and you can see where they need help or where they need prayer. And it helps us by showing that we truly care for them. Real biblical fellowship is knowing, loving, and serving one another. And you're probably wondering when I was going to get to First John, but I'm there now. First John 4.20. Y'all just have a seat because we're going to be standing outside here in just a minute. John, First John 4.20 says, If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. 
For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. Ain't that deep? Ain't that, that's, that's deep right there. That's, that's a tough one. That's a big pill to swallow right there. And what, when John refers to brother, he's not using a slang term for brother like we do. That's not bro. That's not dude. He means brother right there. The word for brother means Christian brother or sister. Brother or sister. That's what John is after right there. And I promise we're going to get hurt. I, I wish I could stand up here and put my hand on that Bible and say, a Christian brother or a Christian sister won't hurt you. But I'll put my hand on that Bible and tell you right now that they will. They will. And it's because of sin. I, folks, I wish that with this Christian life that we was all, all happy-go-lucky all the time. We never hurt anybody. We never said anything bad to anybody. We never hurt anybody's feelings. But it happens. It happens, and it's because of sin. We do sin, Christian sin. Even though we're saved by God's good grace, we're still going to sin. But we'll be forgiven for those sins if we ask. And these actions can cause pain, and they can cause heartache, and they can cause hurt and grief, but we can ask for forgiveness. Now, the forgiveness process is a little different. It can take a while. Forgiveness is a process that actually can take a long time. It takes a long time to heal. But you're healing. So bear with them. We're called to have a love for a brother and a sister as hard as it might be sometimes. The Bible tells us to love them. Love them. Might not like them all the time, but you are to love them all the time. How do we do that? How do we learn to love each other? And I'm going to close with this a little bit right here. A little bit of information. Before you can start, you need to realize that the people here in this building are your spiritual family. That's, that's that refresher, that reminder that I think we've all needed some. What you see inside these four walls right now, this is your spiritual family. This is something that you gain as a Christian through salvation. When you're saved, you get us. Even Mike, you get him. Don't have to look at him, but you still get him. We're not all the prettiest bunch in the world, Mike. You're going to have to get on to that. If he'd been here, I'd have split it with him. <laughs> but you get us, and you need us. We need one another. You don't need me as a pastor. You need me as a brother. I don't need you as a congregation. I need you as brothers and sisters. We need each other, and we need each other pretty bad sometimes. Heartaches come along, we need each other. When we're hurting, we need each other. When we're laughing, we need each other. We need each other. We need the church family. And this church is more than just a building. It's, it is a family, inside and outside these four walls. And you choose to belong to this family. Choosing to belong means we choose to come and, and get connected. We, we choose to come to church and get connected spiritually to whether it be the preaching or it's for the Sunday school or it's for some singing or a baptism or a communion, whatever it might be. We come to get connected with one another, but to get connected with God. Sometimes we need to be plugged up, don't we? 
Hey, I don't know if y'all have seen my little car I drive at the office, my little Wilcox. It's a little Chevy Volt. It's a hybrid. That is the goofiest looking car I've ever seen in my life. And I don't help its image none either, rolling in and rolling out of that thing, little thing. But it's got to be charged up. I can only drive about 40 miles on one charge before it kicks over to gas. So when it kicks over to gas, i got to bring it back to the office and plug it up. It's got to be recharged. That's what church does. It recharges us. And I don't know about y'all, but I know we talk about how our cups run over. I think my cup spilled all over Avery County come Friday night. I used to work, the, even Saturday morning, remember, and, and Abby was sitting there at the, at the kitchen table. And I was so worked up Saturday morning, I didn't know what to do. I was just giddy. I was so happy with everything that's taking place this week. I didn't know what to do. I've got, I, I have a timeline. I do things a certain order, a certain way. And if I don't do it, it messes me up. But my Saturdays, that the girls tell you, my Saturdays are typically spent in my study. I'll come out of my hole for a little while and eat and use the bathroom and run back in, kind of groundhog. I don't know what time I even went in my office yesterday, 12, 1 o'clock, I guess I finally went in because I was so excited about all that's taking place. My cup runneth over this week. I don't, if you was here one, one day or all five, you could probably say that you're in the same boat. It was a good week, and our cup runneth over. And it's because of this family that, we're, that we belong to. It wasn't one person teaching or a couple people leading or a few people doing crafts or a few people uh, preparing the meals. It wasn't that. It was the fellowship and the camaraderie that came with this church and the brothers and sisters inside this church. It was because we finally got to have a big event in this church after a long time. And it felt good because God was in our presence. God was in amongst this church this week. And so we got to fellowship with one another and get connected to God. Too many people think that they can be a Christian and not worship God. There's a lot of people like that. You can be a Christian and not worship God. You need God. And I explained that to the kids, and I think I've, I've said it here too. That, that Through prayer, that's how we get to know God's voice, and that's how we can tell the difference between God's voice and Satan's voice. It's through prayer. We pray to God. He speaks to us. We get familiar with His voice. I used, I used Maria several times this week as, a, as an example of that, and, and with Clayton, and how when the girls talk to him or I talk to him and we do that I'm all right with that he drop kicks Paisley in the head all the time right now she lays her head on Marie's belly and he's just kicking the fire out of her but by talking to him and having a conversation with him he's getting familiar with our voice so when he comes out he is going to know who to trust he's going to know the ones that have been talking to him and he's going to have uh, he's already going to be attached same with God we got to talk to God so that we know his voice, and so that when he speaks to us, we're going to know, that's my God talking to me. That ain't the devil whispering in my ear. That's my God with that still, small voice. Some degree. We can get out of sorts in our churches. To me, people think that they can be that be a Christian and not, and not go to church. And to some degree, I guess that's true, but coming into this building doesn't mean that you're a, a Christ follower. Just because you're here doesn't mean you believe in Jesus. 
Sounds a little weird, don't it? Just because you come to church don't mean you believe. A lot of people come to church out of habit, don't they? A lot of people come to church because that's what mom and dad does. Mom and dad drug me to church. And I just go because that's what we're supposed to do on Sunday. That don't mean you believe in Jesus. You need to believe in Jesus. Man, you believe in Jesus and come into these churches, you're going to be able to worship and have real fellowship. God created us for one another. Hebrews 10.25, this is the theme verse for 2020. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another as so much the more as ye see the day approaching. We need each other, and we need to be connected to a group of believers. We have to be. Sitting at home, watching it on Facebook, it was all right during pandemic when we couldn't get together. But that's over with. It's time to get back together and not forsake the assembling of ourselves like we did. I think we found out real fast last year. We, we didn't realize how blessed we was to be able to come to church freely. Yeah. So I, I didn't watch a lot of this because I'm not going to say it was before my time, but it was during my time, but I was too little. But there was a TV show. I watched enough reruns to remember this. There was a TV show called Cheers. Y'all remember Cheers? It was funny. I still think it's funny. But it's about a group of losers. <laughs> that's, that's the best way to put it. It's about a group of, of losers, what we call losers. But they were part of a group that loved one another. They did. They, they loved each other inside uh, that, the walls where they were at there. And this is the part that I remembered the most because I was over at Jefferson Landing the other day and I would have put money on that being Norm that walked out of the security gate. Do y'all remember Norm on Cheers? What did everybody say when Norm walked in? Norm! That's why I want to yell at that security guard. He'd probably tase me. Norm! That's how we want to be. We want to be recognized. We need to be recognized. We, we need to be like that. Deep down, that's what every one of us wants in our lives. We want to be known. We want to be known. As Christians, as brothers and sisters, we want to be known. And by being a part of a, the fellowship of a group of Christians, of brothers and sisters, we will be known to one another. We will get to know each other. Now, that. This Sunday, when, when Preacher Bobby gets here, I want y'all to yell Bobby when he walks in the door. Just like cheers, just yell Bobby. No, don't do that. He might not come back. Ephesians 2, 18 and 19 says, For through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but, listen to this, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God with the saints and the household of God. So when we are saved, that's what we get. We get to be fellow citizens with the saints of God, with the angels, with Jesus, with God. But we also get this down here on earth too. We get the church. We need this church. We need the church. We need one another. Through our faith in Jesus, we now have access to the Father through the Holy Spirit, through God. We have access through the Holy Spirit. Now, we all have this decision to make. Are we willing to sacrifice our time and believe it's important to become a part of a church family? I can't answer that for y'all. Is it worth the time to be in church? That's where fellowship begins. That's where the fellowship begins. 
when we choose to belong to the church, to a church. God made us to be in his family, and he wants you to be a part of a church family, an active part. It's easy to walk in and out of church building, ain't it? It's easy to walk in and out. How many times did I do that after you rung the bell? <laughs> Four or five times it's all on film. I kept walking in and out. It's easy to walk in and out of church doors. Easy. We all do it. Easy to walk in, but the longer you stay, the more people you get to know and the more you have a sense of being. The more you're in the church, the more sense of being that you're going to have. And the more that you're going to feel needed and wanted. Be a part of the church. One of the beauties of, of this church here is our, our true care and love for one another. Keith really hit that nail on the head this morning. This church, we care. We care. Care for the youngins. Care for the adults. But we care. And we love one another. Our ability to extend grace and our ability to cry during the hard times and celebrate during the, the happy times, that's, that's Chestnut Dale. That's us. As a church, we can't reach our God-given potential without you being here. We need everyone to be here, to be help, to be a prayer partner. That's another thing. That's what I like about this church. I got prayer partners. You're valuable, and we need you. <clears throat> Romans 12 says, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members, and every one members one of another. And I'm not going to talk about what Keith talked about in Sunday school, because he, he went at it at a contractor's mind, and he's spot on. So use it in a fire term. Charcoal. You ever tried to cook a hamburger with one brick of charcoal? Can't do it. Got to have a bunch of charcoal to make it burn. You got to get a whole brick, a bunch of charcoal to make it happen. To cook your burger or your steak, you got to have a bunch. For a church to be on fire, it takes a whole church to be on fire. Not just one person. It takes a whole church to be on fire. We're all different. We've got different skills. We've got different gifts, abilities. We're all different. That's what makes us great. That's what makes church great. I got to think about, you were talking about building, I was thinking about cinder blocks. You got to have a bunch of cinder blocks to get your house up. You can't just put up a few here and there. You got to have a whole bunch to make your house stand, to keep your house up. Be those blocks. That's the beauty of this church, though. We have a lot of talent here. We're all different, but yet we're one body, and Christ is the head. That's the church, and I'm thankful for this church. Very thankful for this church. We are the body, the body of Christ, and we are the people who pass on his love in all that we do. Lord, lay that on my heart because I got to see y'all all week. I was blessed to get to see y'all all week. All of us. It was great. And I appreciate this church more than you'll ever know. Still in Rachel, Friday evening. Today's the hardest Sunday for me to preach. The Sunday after Bible school is the hardest sermon to preach. 
It may have been tough for y'all. They even get out of bed. I got to see him one more time. You got a break yesterday. <laughs> but it was tough. And I told, this is why I was telling Rachel. The devil is so mad at us right now. He's mad at me for minding the Lord. He's mad at this church for minding the Lord. He's mad at Blake for minding the Lord. He is. He is yeah, he's mad at Blake. Mad at Rachel for minding the Lord. Mad at Tessa or Tara. Tara. Mad at both of us for minding the Lord. Those will mind the Lord a little bit quicker than others. He's mad at all of us, and it makes it awful hard. But when we come together like a church, like we did today, we've got a lot of rejoicing going on. Lots of rejoicing going on. And I'm thankful for this church and the way you stand and what you stand on. And so we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna move some things around here in just a second. We're gonna have I don't forgot your name. Somebody's singing. Connor's gonna sing, and Rachel's gonna sing, and then we're gonna break and run out to the water for just a moment. Hunter, thank you a bunch for Hunter's been a lifesaver the past couple of days, bringing trucks and water out here to the church. It's been much appreciated and so we're, we use the fire department's drop tank and we're going to we're going to do the baptism there and then come back in and have a uh, just a time of communion with one another before we we break and go home and go to a funeral i got a funeral right after this so you want to come on up does anybody have anything to say and we'll open doors of church after they get done singing does anybody have anything they'd like to say before we we sing and, and do some other things I don't know how you would have made it without a, without a church like this. I'm right there with you. Very thankful. Anybody else? Mary. <laughs> Where are you? I'll miss y'all when you ain't here. We do. Anybody else? Nobody? We thought we were going to get some words out of Kylie this week. She did bring blood a time or two, I'm pretty sure. But no words. Do you want to, you need to stand? It's up to you. So this, this is Rachel. And Rachel's going to get baptized here shortly. And this is... Tara. This was Tara. And then the other... Tess is back here. Where are you at? Where are you at? Y'all are killing me. This is like church after the doors open. After COVID. Yeah. They're, they're terrible. Well, they're going to sing a little bit for us this evening before we go out to the baptismal waters. And uh, y'all just pray for them. That's something that it was asked for Friday night. It was asked that we pray.